to start talking. So I'm on the phone with my cousin, Allie. She lives in Spokane, Washington. And I wanted to have her explain to you guys on the channel why she decided to leave Seattle. So Allie, if you want to maybe enlighten some folks in the audience, uh, some of your motivations for wanting to get out of the Seattle area for Spokane. Sure. Thanks for having me, Bo. I really appreciate it. I, I feel like I had quite a few people when I made the move ask me this and, you know, to let other people know what was going on and why I was thinking about it, I, I think would benefit some people that are maybe thinking about it or have no idea what's kind of going on. Do you, do, do on you think, day. look, can I ask you just a quick question? Do you think people feel that they're maybe stuck in their circumstances? So let, let's say I'm living in Seattle and I'm conservative and I have a lot of conservative values and the way I basically go about everything in my life, you know, be it job or even on some social issues. And I'm surrounded by, you know, left-wing, leftist, Marxist, communist sympathizers, Democrats. But it, there's something in the back of my mind that says, you know what, I'll never get out of here. This will never change. Do you think that's right. maybe what's preventing people from wanting to make the move? Yeah, I think when, especially if you've grown up in that area, I grew up in Western Washington. So for me, that's what the rest of the United States was like. You know, you see videos or pictures of other areas and you're like, oh, that's just a group of people that was really brave that, you know, went out and did that. And when you start exploring and visiting other places, you start realizing, no, the place I live is just abnormal. And I think that's what really started to happen for me. I had friends that lived on this side of the state and I was coming over regularly to visit and I started to realize the difference culturally and it was, you know, pretty eye opening to me. I, I'm afraid to speak out. I'm afraid to do these things and my friends aren't and they are four hours away, not miles. I mean, not states, not thousands of miles, right. four hour drive. And it, I realized that they're, you know, just daily life was a lot more comfortable because of that. And I think people think, oh, you know, Seattle is like this, everywhere is like this. Um, at least that's what my mindset was like. Right. And yeah, it could be, there's a lot of daunting things, you know, moving is costly and trying to find a place. And for me, I'm on my own. Yeah. Um, I don't have a significant other. So it's all on me if I want to do that. And, you know, if you let something like that, pressure you to not do it then there's probably a lot of other things in your life you're not going to be able to accomplish if you're afraid of it so to just do it if you're not in a good spot mentally you don't have you know good relationships with friends you have people that don't want to be friends with you because of you know maybe your your stance on certain issues um you know that's that's not that's not a good place to be in and i think our culture in our country today has started to accept that and make that seem like it's a good thing and it's the right way to do with things. Right. And it, it's not, it's really not. And there's probably a place close to where anyone lives that they could feel more comfortable. And yeah. Cause like, me, like you said, you know, it's just really Spokane from where I'm at here in Olympia is, you know, what, four or five hours. It's really not yep. that, not that far if you think geographically, but the difference between, the two geographical locations is significant. The divide is pretty significant, in my opinion, anyways. Oh, it's it's drastic. I mean, and you have you have 
really far ends of the spectrum, right? And I think Seattle as a whole is a far end of the spectrum where in outlying areas of Spokane, you might have people that are more extreme like that. For the most part, the neighborhood that I moved into, there was a house during the election that had a Biden flag out front and a house across the street that had a Trump flag. I I guess the question I'd ask is that since you're living in a fairly conservative area and you have that one house that's got the Biden flag, were there a mass of Trump supporters that were harassing that Biden Biden supporter? No, that's the, it was, they completely coexisted. And they didn't, neither house would ever get vandalized. The flags would never get taken down. They respected each other for it. And I, you, you knew that, you knew that that. was, that was a bit of a leading rhetorical question, right? Because you know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) right. You knew where that was going. Sure. Yeah. The the mass riots aren't happening in the conservative areas. They're, they're happening in, the democratic areas because yeah you know the the care for others is uh can be one-sided sometimes but right no it and that's i didn't want to find a place where i was surrounded with just other people that thought exactly like i did because there's no change there's no growth if you just surround yourself in an echo chamber right and here in spokane i really feel like both sides exist they coexist together yeah they get along you can disagree but you can still get along and that that wasn't happening in seattle and it it was every time i came here and visited my friend that it really started to set and i had to see it constantly in order to you know really validate my thoughts on what's happening in seattle is not okay yeah well that's why that's why i asked that rhetorical question and i did that for the audience (laughs) benefit because i know how you and i would think on this but yeah, typically, I think what you would find in Seattle is that you, it is an echo chamber, but it's a leftist echo chamber. And if you're in the outlier, if you're in the minority politically, they're going to let you know. Whereas if you're in Spokane and you're in the political minority, it's it's really not a non-issue. I mean, you might think, yeah, well, OK, that guy's a Biden supporter. I don't agree with him. But I wouldn't have any kind of um, insistence or urging to want to, like, you know, vandalize his no, su- support for Biden. Right. Right. No, there's no, how is that going to help anyone change their mind? I would rather have a conversation with someone about why I think the way I do than try and convince them to change their mind. That's not going to, no, that's never worked. That's never been a good tactic to try and, you know, formulate opinions. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, Seattle, I started becoming more vocal with my politics and I started losing friends and, it got to a point where I didn't know who had taken screenshots of things I had said on social media right. and who knew my name and what I looked like. And yeah. it, when the riots and everything started happening, I I was concerned with people knowing who I was, what I perhaps looked like, and right. if I could be targeted. Right. And to some people, that may sound outrageous. If you don't live in the area, if you, don't, you haven't seen people have that happen to them there was a girl that i was good friends with on social media we were both vocal together a part of a conservative female group and people found out where she lived and her tires were getting slashed multiple times right and so she knew people knew where she lived yeah she knew she was being targeted but she didn't know who they you know they were faceless nameless yeah uh, perpetrators well and and this is yeah, and this is familiar because, you know, I told you what happened to the last version of this channel, and a lot of people that are on the channel now yeah. remember that. 
So it's a pretty valid point that you're bringing up that these just aren't isolated. You know, they're not an isolated incident, you know, amongst like, in you know, certain individuals. They go after, you know, they go after people that they feel um, is a threat to what they want to achieve. And, you know, I'm still trying to really wrap my head around the idea of what does the left want to achieve? What's their, you know, what I like to call the desired end state? I don't know. You know, it's a it's a good question because like we're, like you're talking about, you have your friend who has her car vandalized and they single her out and, you know, broadcast her name and put her name all over social media. You would never see a conservative doing that too. Um, no. And I, I would speak out about someone I didn't agree with. I would formulate, you know, strong points to support my beliefs. And I would try and emphasize to people to start thinking about those things because, that's how I argue and stand up for what I believe in. Right. Attacking people and painting them with names like racist and uh, white supremacist and bigot and uh, like all of these things. They're just words to try and get other people to react right. and have a guttural reaction to think negatively about them. Yeah. And then everything else is cast aside. It doesn't matter. Like there is no other thing to think about then if they have that label on them. And it's, it's just our, our country as a whole, I think, has started to normalize that behavior right. with the leftist agenda. And it's, it's terrifying because people, innocent, good, really well, life-balanced people are getting attacked and having their lives ruined or, you know, that they have, you know, their channels are monetized. And I know... For you, you had a huge following. There was so much going on for you. Right. The time and effort you put in, and it was taken from you. And it, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's not people saying, oh, oh my gosh, I was scared, and they're they're overreacting. It, it's not an overreaction. And I think conservatives, are, there's, there's a little bit too much pride there. Right. Sometimes, yeah. I know for me, it, it was kind of embarrassing for me to say I was worried about what was going to happen to me in Seattle, because I... I thought that people would react, you know, like, oh, you're overreacting. You know, they, they would kind of poo-poo how I felt, but... Yeah. Well, I, th- I, I think... I the way I, I did for a reason. Yeah, and, you know, and I think a lot of what that reaction is, that, you know, that dismissive reaction that you might have amongst, you know, some acquaintances or friends or even some family is that um, it's not affecting them personally. So they can't, they can't conceptualize right. it in their mind that this is, in fact, going on. This is, in fact, a problem. And so when you speak out against it, they just think, oh, she's just being crazy. She's just, you know. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It's a gaslighting behavior. It really is to just say, oh, that's not true. You're fine. Well, you know, I had been told that by many of my liberal friends and they weren't, they, they didn't have friends that were having their tires slashed. So how did they, how did they know? I, I had personal experience. I was having personal conversations with good close friends and they weren't so how could they be telling me what to believe and how to feel and think when they had you know it's like telling someone that a test isn't going to be hard when they're not taking the class exactly yeah you have no conception of what is going to happen yeah and i've tried to do that with this channel a little bit just to not not trying to cut you off but just to maybe interject for the viewers is that i try to get people uh you know it's, it's really an empathy if you think about it, if you get down to the definition of an empathy, that's really what it is and a lack of empathy in some cases. Correct. Yeah. 
And so I try to get that across. And, you know, being empathetic is not like this, you know, emotional, like touchy-feely kind of thing. It's just being able to put yourself in somebody else's situation and say, oh, okay, I could see how that is affecting that person. And you're giving testimony to it perfectly. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think there's something to say for me wanting to be in an area where both sides can go exist so that those empathetic conversations can happen. Right. When you have one side that is so empowered and emboldened and feels like everything they say is the right way, right. like in Seattle with the left, it you can't have conversations where they feel empathetic towards you. It just doesn't happen right. when you're a conservative. And over here it does. There's there's genuine conversations. I, in Washington, politics is talked about a lot more openly than maybe a lot of other places. I haven't lived in a lot of other states. Um, I lived in Florida briefly, and I wasn't political at the time, so right. I, I don't even have an idea. But I've had a lot of political conversations, and when people ask me why I move here, I I bring it up, and it's important to me to share. It's, a, it's my story now, and I'm going to share it. I'm not afraid to share it, and I want people to know, like, I love this environment of this neighborhood and anyone that lives in Spokane, I want to be able to reiterate to them. I love it here because of that. And I escaped that in an environment I didn't like. And I want anyone that I talk to, to feel proud about this area that they live in, because it is unique in the sense that both sides are coexisting right now in a nation that is very divided and wants to hate one another. Yeah. Yeah. And there's empathy there. Like you said, you have to be empathetic in order to, to want that. Yeah, great. Well, hey, I appreciate your time. Thank you for calling in and taking the time to uh, express that to the viewers. It's really great. I'm Absolutely. Gonna... Okay, now ask you a quick question. A lot of anti-Trumpers out there, a lot of people that are fundamentally opposed to Trump, conservatism, conservative ideals, conservative principles, very anti-conservative. How many pro-Joe Biden people do you think there are out there? I have yet to run across one. Um, I'd like to have a conversation with somebody who's pro Joe Biden and have them explain to me uh, what they really appreciate about Joe Biden, other than the fact that he's against Trump and anti-Trump and certainly a fraudulent president on top of that, I'll add. You know, um, that is a pretty interesting way to look at this because if you think about the whole left-right dynamic, the whole blue-red dynamic, conservatism stands on principle. We stand on a solid principle of constitution, freedom, liberty, private sector, uh, limited, uh, non-intrusive government, whereas the left is just primarily all about power and control and trying to tear down the other guy. We would like to get government back in its proper role, which is limited, out of your life, non-intrusive. So I know it's Friday, and I don't want to keep you guys, like I said, I don't want to bore you to death. I don't want to waste your time. So let's hit that close, near, and deep fight. Close fight, Texas Resolve. Governor of Texas said that he is going to go without the federal government. He's going to fix the border problem, and it is a problem. It's a problem of illegal immigration, people coming into this country illegally, not going through the proper channels, not being properly vetted. It's a problem. You guys know that. This administration certainly knows that, and the governor of Texas knows it, and he's not going to wait for the federal government to do something because if you wait for the federal government to solve a problem, you're going to be waiting, I don't know, 48 years, kind of like when Joe Biden first came into politics. They're never going to solve the problem. They're going to talk about it. They're going to create a lot of agencies within the federal government to pretend to solve the problem and come up with solutions, but it's never going to happen. So Texas is going to take care of it, and we'll see what happens. If I had to guess, they'll take care of it. In the near fight, first world problems, 
lot of what we're seeing that comes from the left, you know, this uh, first world problems, these phony battles that they like to fight, the phony oppression that they claim to be uh, fighting against. And we're going to talk about this more. We're going to expound on this a little bit more as we go through a lot of this. But keep an eye on that as a near fight issue. And in the deep fight, the gaslighting, you know, people telling you you're crazy, people telling you you're imagining things. It's gaslighting behavior. It's obviously a form of denial by the people that say this kind of stuff. So keep that as a thing to think about as you have these interactions and conversations with people. So have a great weekend and I will see you guys next week.